It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford. Adam the Bull. Garrett Bush. And so many big names... It would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. It's like a date. It's just you and me. It's just me and Jason Lloyd. <laughs> Tall dude, short dude, and Jay. And no dude. And no dude. Jay, I think he, he hit some storms uh, coming back from Nova Scotia on the boat. <laughs> um, good thing that he did put his anchor down, and uh, he should be here uh, shortly. But uh, we're going to continue to go on like we never missed anything. Jason, what's going on, man? I just got back from West Virginia. Ah, Greenbrier. I, Greenbrier. Listen, I always love when the people come back because we get them reports. We get <laughs> well, the report is I almost died on the way there. What? So <laughs> I should not be telling this. <laughs> no, this is what we're here for. But I'm already, I'm already pot committed now. So as you guys know, like I had, I still hadn't watched quarterback. Right, right, right. So I thought I'll just watch quarterback on the drive down. So I got the phone and I got quarterback, oh, and I was more listening to it than watching. Right, okay, it. yeah, you, you know, like a, bit. Yeah, a right. lot of it. You know, you're just listening, and you're going, and it's like, you know, so my kids had a swim meet and uh, or a banquet, swim banquet. So mm-hmm. I left at like eight o'clock, eight thirty Wednesday night to drive down there. It's about midnight, one in the morning. And these hills, these mountains, oh, West that's Virginia, that West are crazy. Virginia game is crazy. So I'm going down this mountain, and I'm going way too fast. I don't even realize how fast I'm going. Uh-oh. And watching, watching quarterback, and all of a sudden, like the road goes like that, and I'm going way too fast. Hit the brakes, cars fishtail, and I'm almost going out the side of the mountain. What? So yeah, and was, you know, good and well in West Virginia, that's called Two Hands Highway. I almost miles guaranteed it. <laughs> <laughs> Almost miles. I in. saw that you were watching that while you were driving back and forth to camp <laughs> and are texting, and I thought, surely he's kidding. Yeah, no, or or maybe his uh, he pulled a Jay Crawford. Maybe his son's driving. <laughs> I mean, what else? It's like it's like a six-hour drive. What else am I supposed to do? I'm gonna watch, watch TV. <laughs> I'm gonna watch quarterback. I'm like, oh I'm like, do you got that in the headrest or the DVD or? Was it good? It was great. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, I watched all eight episodes <laughs> driving. The- uh, excuse driving. me, officer. Why did you pull me over? You're watching TV. <laughs> Other than that, you're driving fine. I'm now, glad you're okay. I was more listening than watching, but you know, you got screen and glanced down right? on occasions. I haven't seen on. you in weeks, months. I know it's been forever. When's the last time it, we did a I, show together? I honestly, I, I, I was thinking about it today. I think it's been since May. Probably. Probably. Good Lord. How you been? Good. Browns Good. in camp. Now I know it's camp. I don't put anything into it. Yeah. But you can look bad. I think you can look bad in camp. Yes. If you look great, that's status quo. You're supposed to. Yeah. Where are they? About where you would hope that they would okay. be. Okay. No say. surprises? No. I mean, I was only there for a couple of days. They were there for nine days, and really, I think they had one practice. Did you hear any stories of team bonding and bowling and all of that? No, not really. I heard some, some of the guys enjoy being there. Like, it's a beautiful Good. place. 
and some guys were like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready, ready to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So it, it just, is a it, bit isolated. Yeah, I think that if 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 everything goes well this year and this same staff is back and it goes the way that we hope it does, I, this could become a bit of an annual thing. I think that they'll be back again next year. It seems like usually when teams do that, they do it for a stretch. Yeah. Uh, coaches love that stuff. Like coaches love pulling these guys together. It made sense to do it this year because this is such a long preseason and training camp because they're in the Hall of Fame game, so everyone had to come back early. Right. So this was a nice way to sort of ease into it. And break up the monotony Break of up camp. the monotony of the camp, absolutely. So that's good. Yeah. yeah. All right, um, Earl, we got to throw it to you. You've got some news about I get, maybe they're not done at D-Tackle. So what, yeah. what do you have? Well, first things first, good morning, man. It's good to see you. I don't think I've seen you in a while either. Um, good to see the crew in here. Jason, I'm glad you made it back safely. G, you're always here. Nice haircut. You like his haircut, Jay? <laughs> fresh. Too fresh, too fresh. Fresh. All right, so let's get into it. So, Jay, this No morning, hat needed. No, no. <laughs> I like it. So, this morning, uh, me and Anthony getting ready for the show, and we seen that uh, reports dropped that defensive tackle Shelby uh, Harris is in Cleveland today. Visiting with the Cleveland Browns. What do you think about that? I have to confess. I know him as a, a good player. Haven't followed his career closely. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I have. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always known him to be a quality contributor. Mm-hmm. Other than that, Jason, what do you got on this guy? Is uh, this a good move if they, if they indeed bring him in? Well, my wife just texted me, seriously, what the F is wrong with you? I hadn't told her about that. <laughs> Apparently. Always oh, listen. Sorry, honey. always but listen. It's a good way to come clean because you're not next to her. I know, right? You know, she and, can't and the smoke will clear by the time I get home. I hope so. Uh, but this, she's right. The, uh, yeah. the, uh, the Shelby thing, the first thing I thought was, well, they just had nine days in West Virginia, eight practices, and their first day back in Berea, they're inviting someone in. Clearly, they don't like what they saw yeah. in the interior. It, I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? Like, they had eight days yeah. on the field to view what they have. And they mm. still don't like it, or they still think that there's room the message for message is this isn't going to get it done. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Harris has actually had some success in the pass rush as well. Yeah. From interior, he's active with his hands. So, yeah, I mean, fine. Take Kick a look the at the tires guy. on him. What the take, heck? Take a look at him and see if there's anything I, I think, G, to me, the bigger point is, and when, when I saw this this morning, my first thought was your first thought. I thought, uh-oh, you don't bring in reinforcements at quarterback. They think they've got their guy. Right. No, they don't. Um, you, so, to me, I, I think it was an uh-oh moment. Yeah, I don't think they like the, I don't think they like the mix of the skill sets with the D tackles. You know, like, if you were putting. What do you mean by that? Too many of the same kind of guy? <laughs> like, like Tommy Togia is 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 not going to rush the passer. That's just not his forte. Tommy right? Togia is not going to be on this team. There you go. Doesn't seem like it. <laughs> they want guys that are explosive, out of their stance, disruptive right now. We, you, there's no traditional, oh, one technique guy where, hey, I'm going to just play my gap and be in my gap and try to hunker down and, and don't, not get blown off. No, no, no. You got to be violent. You got to be back in the line. Of and it's even worse because when you get Zadarius Smith and you get Miles Garrett and you see the level of get off that they're getting because they're very explosive, it's, very, it's glaring when your defensive tackles aren't doing that. Sure. So they're like, all right, well, let me get let me Is get that a- what Schwartz likes, by the way, all of his guys up front? To be in the in the backfield. In, in the backfield, you got to be back there because here's the thing: you're going to stop the run on the way to the quarterback. 
you're not going to be playing run. You're going to be playing to disrupt it. Like we've seen, and it's the first time the Browns have, have, have even approached this defense before. It's like, okay, well, we're going to try to be in our gaps. We're going to try to figure out what you're going to run or pass, and we're going to we're going to let the linebackers make some plays. Now it's different. Now it's a, it's a difference between playing laterally, one two steps, and, and figuring out by putting two foot two feet and replacing the heels of the, of the guys up front. That means I've gained two yards, right? So now the back has to cut two, three times. He has to make a move before we how many times we've seen a running back get the ball and you're like, man, this dude, he got three yards already and nobody. He, I, I don't see nobody declaring. This is going to be a, 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 a defense where they're going to have to they're going to have to have another defensive tackle um, that is that is nasty and can get up field. Did you do any research on Harris? Does it, do you have anything to add about I mean, I, I've just known him to be a guy that's contributed. I, I haven't seen any, like, he, if you put the tape on, I'm like, he doesn't jump out as a guy that's going to be some dude that's going to be like an All-American or some some All-Pro guy. Right. But he has the body. He has a, a different body type. I want, and it's hard to get this, right? If you look at some of the teams like Seattle, um, they have guys that are, are longer at defensive tackle. Generally speaking, you don't really want guys to be that tall being playing defensive tackle because there's a lot of legs. You can get cut down. You, it's hard bending if you need guys to get lower at the line of scrimmage. But if you want to get a pass rush and you're widening out a little bit, you want a little more linear yeah, guy. Might be there get some hands up and different things like Jay, that. Jay, did you notice the difference in – obviously, it's going to be a, a, a different scheme, a different plan of attack on defense – what 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 are your cliff notes on Jim Schwartz and camp observations from the defensive side? The defense looked good. They were flying around the ball. It, it was hard. So when they were going eleven on eleven, it was sort of far away from where we were. Right. So it was hard to really see. Uh, I, everybody saw the clips of of the one on one matchups of Denzel against Elijah Moore and all that. But to be able to see the entire scheme, it was really only Saturday's practice. It was kind of far at the other end. Right. Uh, I, the defensive line drills were right in front of us all week from where we were sitting. I was a little concerned that in some of the drills, it looked like Siaki Ika was behind Togiai, and I thought, well, that's not good. Wow. But then when they got into more of the actual reps, he was running with the second unit. Ika oh, was running with the second unit. He's a big guy. Ika's big, really big, and <laughs> I mean fat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so there's work to do on the conditioning side. Yeah, I don't think he's a three-down player by any means. No. Um, but he, mm-hmm. he's going to make this team, obviously. Uh, Oboe is small. I was surprised really? at how small he is. Like tall or, or slender? Waist is, like, waist is like that big around. So more like a linebacker. Yeah, like he looks like a third-down sp- uh, rush specialist to me. Like okay. Third and long, he comes in the game. But he's not a three-down player either. Uh, you know, we go back to the. Well, Schwartz is big on rotation, and 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 that's good because yeah. they've never had that. They've never had the right. opportunity to roll keep those guys legs in and fresh, out. keep yeah. them coming. Yeah, so that's why. And right now in the middle, I think you've got Dalvin Tomlinson and a lot of questions after that. Okay. So that's another reason to bring people in, bring Shelby in. Maybe right. there's another one that they bring in. And, that's what and this time see. of year is for, really. Yeah. I mean, you want to figure out who you got and who you don't. This who, is still who's, who's really, really, really early. Yeah. Like we're six weeks out from the first game, so. Yeah. Even though they've been going at it for a week and a half now, we are still so early in this. We were joking, Joe Burrow could miss a month with this calf and not miss anything at all. No, it's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, so we've got so much time here before it really matters. So yeah. now's the time to take a look at these guys. All right, Earl. All right, so uh, before we put a cap on this, so we would talk more about this later on with Mary Kay Cabot. Just a couple things, Jay, to tell you about Shelby Harris. I know PFF is not the end-all, be-all. He had the 17th highest grade of interior defensive linemen. 
and he had the fifth highest uh, run defensive grade of any interior defensive Why is he still available? last year. You know, he's one of Money. a bunch of veteran free agents that's still available at this time. So okay, uh, that's how they approach it. But I mean, that's those are those are those really? are great metrics. He's thirty-one. Really? I think he's thirty-one. <laughs> he's been in the league, I think, eight years. So he's not he's not at the end, but he's on the back nine. Sure, he's getting toward the end. Okay. Make some money. All right, Earl, do you want to just transition to the next topic? Or? All right, before we get to the uh, next topic, so according to Steve Becker, we are sitting at 24,922 subscribers. We are very close to our milestone at Ultimate Cleveland Sports, uh, Sports Show of reaching 25,000 uh, subscribers. So get out there, subscribe to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. You know, you get a great panel every day here. You get the Behind the Guys podcast with me, uh, Mikey McNuggets, and Anthony. You know, we're always on the community tab, Pogue, updating you all with the latest news. Also on Twitter, you know, also on Instagram. So subscribe, and I promise you, uh, you won't be disappointed in that because we're going to keep you up to date with everything. So, Jay, as we move on. That's 78, they, they, 78 away. 78 away. All right, let's go. Maybe, yeah. we, maybe we get it today. So uh, you all were talking about it. They just wrapped up eight days at the Greenbrier. We know not much went on. They had, what, one or two real authentic padded practices. Just from everything that you know, everything that you have gathered from the people that you talked to, who stood out at the Greenbrier over the eight-day period? Yeah, I mean, I have to completely defer. I, obviously, with, with camp being away. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, was unable to make the trip down there, so I didn't, I didn't see anything. I saw clips. Yeah. Hard to say. Yeah. I mean, you're getting highlights or lowlights, depending right. on where it is. Right. Did anybody stand out to you? It's hard to say stood out, but Elijah Moore I mean, seemed to have a good week. You know, mm-hmm. him and, and Denzel was really competing. I mean, Denzel, Denzel sometimes eases into these things, and he yeah. seemed to be a little bit more locked in, a little bit more focused early on. Uh, so those were two. Um, the who's the receiver? I meant the I mentioned the text. Darden. Yeah. Jalen Darden had a, yeah. a had a couple of nice plays yeah. where he flashed, and I think he's got a chance uh, with really? the Marquise Goodwin injury, though with the health situation. Do we expect that Marquise is likely not going to play? For Personally, the I don't think so. No, like yeah. no one is saying that. He was there all week. He was in a jersey and shorts and and watching. I, I, I mean, blood clots are such a serious. They could kill you. Sure. Like it's not anything to mess around. It ended Chris Bosh's career. Mm-hmm. Andy Verizal missed extended time, missed right. months and months and months with them. I understand it's a different sport. These are still athletes playing high-level mm-hmm. sports. So I don't see any way that Goodwin plays this year mm-hmm. with what's going on. But that's just me. Like maybe and his that could mean the end of his career because Absolutely. at his age, he's been yes. around for a while. Did, did yes. you see, I hope it doesn't end that way for him. I, it'd really. be awful. Did, did you see um, Anthony Schwartz seemed to be rotating in with – the ones or twos? Did you see? He got a lot of reps with the starters. Yeah. He dropped a pass in the open flat that he should have caught. It was it was not a perfect throw. It was a throw he should have caught. And to his credit, he was on the jugs after practice that day uh, for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. just catching, catching, catching. I don't think he's going to be on this team. David Bell did not was not impressive in this camp. Mm. Do I, you think, that from what we've seen before, when you take a guy in the third round, you, you almost get to you. Yes, he'll make yeah. the team. So I, think I can't. I'm like team. Schwartz's time is up. Yeah, um, he was taken the year before. Yeah, and we've just seen little to nothing from right. him unless he has an exceptional camp from here and produces in the preseason games. Yeah. I just can't imagine he makes this roster. No, I don't think and so. And I think Bell with they've upgraded at wide receiver. I mean, he might now be a fringe guy. Yeah. It's, it's unlikely that they'll divorce him after one year. 
considering they took him at the third round and no one wants to admit that mistake. But he doesn't look to be a contributor. No, and again, it's very, very early, so preface everything with that. Sure. But he, he did not stand out. He did not impress me at all mm. at the receiver position. Mm. TPJ? Look okay to you? I, yeah, yeah. Didn't do anything that really stood out. Didn't do anything Good that was awful. Yeah, yeah, he was just sort of a guy that was there. And I, I would say that for a lot of them. That's what a lot of what, most – I don't want to say most guys. A lot of guys come to camp, particularly the veterans that know they're not fighting for a spot. And they look at this as the necessary evil. We got to go through it. So it's really hard. That's why it's so hard to judge because even if a rookie has an exceptional route against a, a veteran corner, you don't know what that, you know, was the veteran corner just sort of going through, going the, motions, through the motions. Right. And so you really can't tell until you get into the preseason games. Right. And Jay, even then with the newer mentality of how teams play their guys in the preseason, Week one is a pop quiz. Yeah. It really is. For 32 teams, it's a, okay, what do we really have? Right. Yeah, we right. should really run it. You know, I, there was a camp. I, I think it was my, I, I think it was like my senior year. Like, we had a, we had the longest camp in the NCAA. And our coaches used to highlight it all the time. And we were like, that's not a good thing. A good thing. That's And so, we because we had one of the first games on the schedules and we were playing this team. And it was like a division. It was Southeast Missouri State. And to this day, they were so worried about because we there was the year prior, uh, I tore my ACL. We lost a lot of starters in camp. And we lost to Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa is a good football team. Like Northern Iowa beats Iowa in Iowa State. Like they're they're not a regular uh, like a regular division two school or something like that. So we had lost to them. We had a lot of starters out there. Next year, we were playing at like Southeast Missouri State. They were they were a small, you know, school. And I just remember being in camp and we started, they brought us in in like July. And it was kind of the same thing with the Browns. And we're like, dude, we had, we, we was in there the last two weeks of July. We bled into August. And we're, we're, we're sitting there going to practice. And then like three weeks into the practice, other schools started reporting it. I'm like, this is, yeah. this is hell. You like, wonder I, what kind of effect, if any, long term in the season this will have on the Browns. The fact that they started their marathon a week before everybody else. In some I, cases, longer. Right? Well, I, I think that's why they pared it down a little bit. I think the early bye week is going to have more of a toll than this. Because they, their bye week is week five. So yeah. it's a long stretch from six through 18. It is. After yeah, the great. bye. I think because this, again, like they had a day off on Wednesday. They had four practices, and then they had a day off Wednesday. And then Njoku had Thursday off too. So, like, mm. they just – they and Miles had a day off. Joel had a day off. They were only f- fully padded up, I think, the one day that I was there, Saturday. So they're being smart about it. Yeah, like it, this was very, very light. Like right. this was country club light in terms of – practice uh, intensity a lot of the days anything on the injury front anything that we should be alarmed at anything that because I, I mean I, I heard about a, little, a couple tweaks here and there but nothing, yeah, nothing big no I don't think there's anything serious you know Amari had missed a little bit of time but he was back he was in pads Friday and participated a little bit Saturday in the full Looked practice. okay yeah I think he's fine what do you make of the jo- of the Joe Burrow thing um, obviously he, like you said he doesn't need to be out there. Right. Uh, if there's a guy who's week one ready right now, it's, it's Joe Burrow. He's yeah. ready. Um, but it's still the fact that he's not going to be out there. Reps, timing could be disrupted in week one. 
I think it's a bit of a break for the Browns. I mean, you'd rather have him not out there than out there. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I was talking to Zach Jackson, my partner at The Athletic, and I thought he had a really good point that the Bengals don't care about week one. Like, Bengals are playing for the Super Bowl. They don't care for week one. Sure. So that really should be – it really should give the Browns an advantage. Right. And now when you factor in the, the Burrow injury now on top of it and some of the preparation time they'll take from it, now we'll see. I would imagine he'll be back for the week one practices, you know, after preseason ends and when the Bengals really dig in and lock in on the Browns, I would imagine. What did they say, Burrow, a month? Weeks, multiple weeks. Yeah. So I, I would factor – at least, I'm probably not going to see him for a month. Which I mean, is fine. I, what I was thinking is you might see him for a series or two for the last preseason game. Yeah. And then he's done, obviously. Yeah, and I haven't seen their schedule. I don't know how much time they have between their last preseason game. Well, aren't they all, the aren't all the last preseason games on the same day, so nobody has an advantage? Rest oh, I didn't look at that. I think they're all on Saturday, okay. the last Saturday of the preseason. All right. They used to be. I, I, it wouldn't shock me if he doesn't take a snap at all in the preseason. Really? Yeah. yeah, I don't think. I, don't I mean, think he doesn't he really need it, it. No. and you don't want to risk it. No. But the other thing too is the fact that there was a tweak there. Yeah, I would at least want to get him some kind of active activity and reps, so he doesn't come off of it cold again in week one, and you have a right. repeat. Right. I've had the calf blow out before. It feels like you've been sniped. Yeah, I mean, you. Yeah. you don't even. I actually turned around. I thought someone had thrown a ball at my calf. Yeah. I felt a physical yeah. jolt against yeah. my calf, and I couldn't put any weight on it at all. And None. It's, it's a miserable done. injury for pro athletes because it seems like it wouldn't be that big of a deal. You rest it, and you're fine. But the 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 high rate of reaggravation sure. is just enormous that these guys, it's just something that just lingers, especially I know a bunch of baseball players that – have a calf injury in April and then it re triggers in June. Yep. It and now you're on another six weeks. Yeah. So this could be something that lingers for them. Obviously, you know, it's good news for him. It's not an Achilles or anything. that's going to knock him out for an entire season, but this is I have to admit, my first thought when I oh, saw, when it I saw it was Achilles. that season ending. Yeah. Because I thought it either could be an ACL recurrence or yeah. a, an Achilles, a non-contact like that on a, on a quarterback, especially yeah. I thought it was Achilles right and away. He, the fact that he immediately Felt the pain and, and registered with the brain. Oh, I can't put any weight on right. this. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah. That's that's what had me thinking that it could have been worse. All oh. right, so so a couple of things. Prayers to Burrow. But before we move on to the impact of the Greenbrier, I'm kind of <laughs> shocked to be honest because I know like there's nothing that can overly be you know conquered or completed at the Greenbrier. But I think based on what we did see, I thought it was a couple interesting things that did st stand out. I, I thought Elijah Moore. Um, the way he was being used, you know, you look on Twitter, you see a lot of the videos, you see a lot of people who were out there, including Jason. He said that the matchups between him and Denzel Ward was fun. Uh, I hear David Njoku had, you know, a pretty pretty solid time out there. So, like, gee, when you when you look out there and you see the, these matchups one-on-one and man with Denzel Ward and Elijah Moore, like, what did that do? He, just based on the information that's available. Well, when you look at, you know, when you take a look at their competing, I like the fact that Denzel Ward is competing. Like, you know, like the last two years, I saw Denzel Ward, and it looked like he was in coast mode. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's you know, he would be around the play. He'll be, you know, in the vicinity. You know, guys catch balls in front of him a little bit. I think it's, it's, it's good to see him revitalized because I think just the demeanor of Joe Woods kind of just, just put – a malaise on the team. And I'm not just saying that, like, you got to be a rah-rah coach and you got to cuss people out all the time or whatever. But I do know, like, there's a difference between having a coach that is 
kind of laid back and just, you know, if you guys get beat, he'll make adjustments. But it's a different look from when a guy comes in and it's like, no, I need attack all the time. You got to be aggressive. I want you going after the football. When then sometimes, sometimes when you when you're in college and you, and I don't know if you guys noticed this. Sometimes when you're in college, these guys are all Americans and they're standouts, right? The way that they play then is different when they get to the league. It's just they play automatically with a with a different level of hunger. Also, you see the fact that they're less injured in college, right? People understand in college, like, this is my opportunity to get a bag. Yeah. That's your audition. That's the audition. They know good one. You can't miss four games. Unless (laughs) you're the kind of player that already knows they've got a high draft stock. Right. And they don't want to risk. And we've seen that at Ohio State in in a couple of instances over the last couple of years where guys, you think they could probably play if it was for a paycheck. But you know what they do? It's almost better to miss the whole season. than it is to come out and have up and down play and be and then right. now you got to answer questions about that. So Denzel Ward when he came out, he was jumping routes like he was like playing the football like no, I'm a playmaker and I think what with, with, uh, Jim Schwartz is, is stealing in people, which I like is it's great to have an assignment football team, but what I need is playmakers. I need guys that's going to give me that ball back. I need guys that's going to get sacks and turnovers and takeaways and that competitive and, edge and the, too. Comp- the competition is and what you want to see. I don't know that there are two positions in sports that are more adversarial. I mean, obviously pitcher and hitter in baseball, mm-hmm. but wide receiver and defensive back in football is one of the most adversarial position on position battles we have in sports. And one of the things I love about that is I, in fact, Eli Apple signed in Miami, right? Tyreek Hill immediately tweeted out. Oh, practice practice going to be fun Monday. Monday. <laughs> right. Look. I love that. I mean, yep. if I'm a teammate, I'm like, okay, let's see this. Yeah. And I've covered teams before. It happened a lot in Tampa Bay where those Rondé Barber, Keyshawn Johnson matchups can all of a sudden inspire a tight end and a linebacker to start knocking heads a little harder. Yep, yep. And that raises all boats yep, when yep. you get that competition going through camp. You're going to see that. So <laughs> you and I like here's what I liked. I liked that Stefanski did this because he made him run for, you know, fighting and stuff, right? And the reason he's doing that is <laughs> there's going to be a, a knee jerk reaction, says the Duke of knee jerk, that when they play, when they do them, them, them scrimmages with Philadelphia, if somebody get beat, they gonna want to fight. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's not masking that. Do not go up to Philadelphia and try to be fighting up there and, and get because remember, remember they did it in Indianapolis a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago in yeah. Indy, they went up there and they got the brake speed off of them. And guys was getting locked up on one on one pass rush. He was getting eight up on on seven on seven. And then the next thing is we're gonna fight. You 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 can't get anything out of that. We need to get tape and we need to get film. We need to get better. So I'm glad he told him, listen, don't be doing all this extra stuff. Yes, everyone fights a, a little while, but stop. Let's get some real work in here. That was Freddie being completely overmatched and not having any idea what he was doing. It that was, was Freddie being, like, being a high school football <laughs> yeah. coach instead of an Turn NFL his hat coach. around backwards and say, exactly. come on, let's get after it. And was, it was like internally applauded. After the first one, yeah. and so what did you expect all the other ridiculous. guys were going to do? Just ridiculous. Just, it was. I was. There, I, I think. Were you there? No, I wasn't. There I for was the there fights. that day, and I was. I remember talking to Tony Dungy because he was there observing, mm-hmm. and talking to all of his buddies on the Colts. And Tony and I were standing next to each other when one of them broke out, <laughs> and Tony, in his without saying a word, disgust, 
just shook his head and said, this is Bush League. Yeah. And, and yeah. I knew exactly what he was talking about. Everybody knew that it, it was coming from the Brown sideline, yep. and Freddie was absolutely – he's the guy that lit the Molotov and threw it into the middle, yep. of, the, into the, middle of the pile. Yep. Don't do that. And, you know, it was funny. It was kind of applauded. A lot of the media members were like, oh, this team's going to be badass and tough. And I just remember thinking, this is going to get sideways. And early. how many penalties do they have in week one? Yeah, 13, and all 14, the way through, it was Freddie's trademark. Yep. They got non-disciplined. They got smoked by their, they're like number twos in the game. Like the game came around like the next day, and Indianapolis was just yeah. They up. were like, that's okay. You can win the battle. We'll yeah. win the war. Yeah. Yeah. It was and crazy. Um, Be- Earl, before we transition, I got to show you this tag board, Jay, because I'm not sure if you've seen it. Let me tell you, who else stood out to me, James Hudson, because. He let Ogbo know this is what happened when you play too much. Now watch the video is going to start from the beginning. Uh, once it once it circles back around, I thought this was hilarious. But the biggest standout right here, check this out. Oh, that was that was, <laughs> that was some little kid stuff. That, I don't know. What that was he some was little thinking. kid stuff. <laughs> to smack a man and then run. Hey, that's some little kid stuff, bro. That's. Yeah. It, well, he's. I think he's being told right now that's not how we do it. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, come on, bro. That's not how they do it anywhere. Like, no. You don't, you don't have to be told Where did that. you get that from? Who told you that? I mean, that's insane. I don't know that I've ever seen anything like that. Man, it was crazy. So, listen, before we move on, as as ethically put, you know, we chasing subscribers. We just picked up three more. Steve Becker just texted. So, uh, definitely looking forward to it. Let's see if we can get that breaking news that we hit 25K before we get to the end of the show today. So moving on to the next topic, uh, Jay, you know, you and Jason kind of got into it a little bit. You know, there's not much to be done on the field. The Greenbrier was pretty much for team chemistry, team bonding, and breaking up the everyday of way how you do things. Is there an impact to be had on a team overall for the season for that early time spent out there? I think so. Whether or not they captured it, I don't know. But it's team bonding. It's day camp it's whatever you want to call it kumbaya it's everyone just but it can work it, it can i mean work. Were you, you weren't here friday when i talked about um or was this it was maybe last monday because i was off friday last monday i talked about how the bucks after you know having really good teams and beating mm-hmm. their heads against the wall with the same results training at the university of tampa decided they were going to move it to disney and the whole vibe changed yeah and they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, and I'm not for a second suggesting that, okay, that that's the move that Green did Greenbrier wins the Super Bowl. But when Gruden came in, it, there was a new sheriff in town. There was a lot of yelling and screaming where Tony was doing a lot of whispering and backpatting. Mm-hmm. It got real, and it got real quickly. And there was some bonding that took place. How much that played into the Bucks winning the Super Bowl? I'm going to run into Rondé Barber. We're doing our 5 o'clock show at Canton all week this week. Mm. So um, I'm sure I'll, I'll talk to Rondé. I'll ask Rondé that question. What difference did it make moving camp to Disney? Yeah. And what impact in the grand scheme of things did that have on team building, if any? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, in, it's, it's one of those immeasurables that it can't hurt. Well, I guess it could, but usually it helps to what degree. It's hard to quantify, but it gets people... I mean, it's as simple as when I took the Little League team and we all went to main event and they all spent time together. And right. it's just that cohesion, being together, being a unit at the Greenbrier. It really works at that level. Well, yeah, it for sure works <laughs> oh, at that yeah. level. Yeah, but that. at the Greenbrier, it's it's a, it's a glorified prison. They can't go anywhere. Yeah. It's a really rich prison. Were they all without cars or did they all drive themselves there? No, they flew. 
the, so they the team flew, flew as there. a team. So they were yeah. all without cars. Yeah, the team flew there. I'm sure they could take Ubers and leave if they wanted to. Right. I think they were done for the day around 7 p.m. is all the meetings were over with. Uh, some guys were saying that they were done around 5. Other guys were done around 7. Um, and so they had a little downtime in the evening. But for the most part, they were there. They wow. were all locked in together. I, it, it works. Like we used to do, like in college, we used to always. So, so when you, and I'm, I'm guessing it's like that in the league, everything is so specialized. Everything is so individualized. So I'm just with defensive linemen, right? But sometimes it got broke down. Defensive ends and defensive tackles was in units. So they would only be with defensive tackles. And you very rarely even saw the head coach. The head coach. So your group was four or five people. four or five people interacting. at all times. You, you lifted with those people. You ate. So what we did is um, we were, well, after we went one in like 10, right? Like people were just like, it was bad. Like the morale, people hated each other. Like it was not hating each other, but it was like, man, like you go one in 10. That's like crazy. It just Losing a shot. Miserable. It's a shot to get you. Like, like when somebody said, did you, when, when somebody like Imani Bay said he lost his love for the game, I said, boy, I lost my love for the game every other week at OU. Because you, you, especially if you come from somewhere where you win a lot. And a lot of these kids, right, come from programs they've never lost. They coming from Oklahoma's and Ohio State to Texas and all that stuff. So what we did is we got the offensive line and the defensive line, right? And because we like, oh, we're the trenches. We need to come together. And generally speaking, there's there's a mix, right? Most of the defensive linemen are black. Most of the offensive linemen are white. So what we did is every single Friday we would pick a different place where we would all go eat. Like oh wow! We every Friday we would uh, one day is KFC Chinese buffet spot. So everybody individually got to pick it pick it throughout the season. And so what we started doing is we started doing that in the off season. So it just it wasn't just on the road. We started doing that like when football season we have spring ball. And what we found was it grows your group. Yeah, really. like it, we didn't like we didn't panic. It wasn't if somebody made a mistake, it wasn't crazy or nothing like that. But it showed like in times where you may be down some points or, or you may need a, a score. It wasn't like, oh, it's the offense versus the defense. Like we was all pulling together and, and there's a couple of games. Where I think we won. We wouldn't won if we wouldn't have had that kind of camaraderie so it can work. It's just about whether or not people commit to it because some people are going to say, oh, that's cheesy and corny. Just just f- throw me the football and I'll get a touchdown and we're going to be all right. right. But, but it's kind of like when we took Chris Haynes and made him do white people things when he was on the Cavs beat. We would oh, go, for real? We'd go, <laughs> that's great. You got to. We'd go to Oklahoma City and listen to grunge music and throw darts. Right. Like, <laughs> we made, you we made him do all kinds of white people things. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But y'all be adventurous too. Y'all be having, y'all I'll do some stuff. You'd be like, man, they, they were like, so I'm going to take my aunts. My aunts is getting old. I, I'm going to have an aunt's weekend at my house and I'm going to take them to a panic room. Now, black people don't like being, they, they, when I say panic, they're like, no, 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 we don't go to that. I said, they lock you in a room. No, 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 we're not going to go to that. I had to convince them. They will let you out. There's a person there. <laughs> they are not trying to put us back in slavery. We ready. <laughs> It's okay. We can leave. Like, I can under I can understand the apprehension, especially for older folks. Oh, oh, they, they're civil rights people. Whoa! I mean, they saw store. They saw things. Yeah. They were like, no. But they, so out of there, we try to get them out of their comfort zone. Did you do that with them yet? No, it's next week. It's oh, coming please up. Please tape that. Yeah, I like. I, I, they don't know it's for the. It's all for the internet. It's all content. Y'all don't even know that. <laughs> 
my hope is that they come together as a group. I think that one of the things that I'm really anxious to see. Oh, did you notice a difference in Stefanski at all? Same guy. Nope. I tried guy. to ask him three times. He said no. Yeah. Same guy. Same dude. It's interesting. Same guy. Because I know a lot of coaches do sort of self-inspect. Yeah. After a year, he's had two really down years. Yeah. And I would think that at some point, it's human nature. You have to, when, when, when hitters aren't hitting, they look at tape. What am I doing? Yeah. When pitchers are losing command, what am I doing? So I would think there's been a period of self-inspection. Oh, for sure. I'm sure there has been, and yes. I, I, I was wondering, had it manifested itself in anything that you saw? He, he's let his guard down around the media a little bit more than he ever did in the past. In terms of coaching, I think he's the same. The difference is going to come in the playbook and the plays that they run with Deshaun, a full offseason now. No more distractions. And we won't know that till That's the exactly end of right. September. That's exactly really. right. So, but in terms of who he is, he is who he is. He's comfortable in who he is, and he's not going to change. Um, and he's still going to give the same bland answers from the podium that he's always given. But behind the scenes, he, him and Andrew both have just let their guard down a little bit more around the media and with the media. Do, do you think that's a good thing? I think it's a very good thing. I I've, been telling, I've been telling him for years that they needed to do I, that. I had felt from a distance, not being a beat reporter and covering the team every day, just being an observer of media relations and interaction between media and and particularly the brass of the team, yeah. but also the players, because oftentimes the way the players interact with the media is an extension of what the coaches and general sure. managers do. Yeah. And I've just always, I've always thought it with this regime, why the curtain? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, I covered Bill Parcells Patriots way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was seeing more there yeah. than I was with this regime here with the Browns, yeah. which is kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so that part is different for sure. Uh, but in on-field stuff, listen, if Deshaun plays well, they're going to win. If he doesn't, they're not. And they that's won't. it. And it's really – I hate to oversimplify things, but that it really comes down to that. Well, if how he plays – he, he was fine. Like, he, he was fine. I, I've just, like, just just fine. Yeah, like, he's I mean, he's again, it was really one practice. I think he's looked good. I, I have no doubt that he can be good. The question is whether or not he can be great again. He's certainly better than anything they've had. He's going to be good. Can I float uh, uh, something that was told to me by a longtime NFL insider who not, it's not an it's it, it's it's more opinion based. It's a theory mm-hmm. and it's a concern of Deshaun's and I, I wanted to talk to you about it and some other people about this to see if this is either a general consensus or if this is, you know, one guy's brain going yeah. sideways. His biggest fear with Deshaun is that the league is a league. It's like baseball. It really is. When a rookie hitter comes in and tears the cover off the ball, it's really all about year two. Yeah. Because now the adjustments are made and this theory is that the kind of quarterback he is, you can make adjustments to stop that, and it's there's a, a recent track record of it that being proven. And as examples, RG3 was his main example. And I said, you really can't throw RG3 in there. He had a terrible injury. right? And it, he quickly pointed out that, well, so has Deshaun, Deshaun. Watson a similar injury. So I don't know if I buy into that. I don't know how much credence to give that. But the point was, even a guy like Kyler Murray, who had a lot of success, 
and then looked completely pedestrian last year. Um, I think it, he also brought up Russell Wilson. I immediately counted Russell's getting old. Right. Yeah. And he said the league also figured out what Russell was. And when you figure out what a guy goes to, what, what his thing is, and you game plan to take that away, now you're saying, do you have a second tool in your box? And his question was, does Deshaun have that second tool in his box to be a pure pocket passer without the threat to run? Well, I don't know that they – so that's interesting. Like, there's a lot to unpack there. I don't know that he'll ever be a true pocket passer. I don't know if the Browns want him to be a true well, pocket I think passer. They, aren't they, they want him to be a pocket passer first. But, well, they here's what they want. Because you have to be. Here's what they want. They don't want him being Jalen Hurts. I know for a fact they don't want Jalen Hurts. They don't want to expose him to more hits and injuries. Right. Because, like you said, he's already got a long history with, with knee injuries. So they're trying to protect him, but while also understanding and acknowledging his mobility is one of his best tools and threats and being able to keep a play alive, when he sort of goes into baller mode is when good things can happen, but he has to have the receivers to match that. And they didn't have that last year. They, right. they felt like they didn't have the personnel. If a play breaks down and now you need four to go make a play, you need the receivers on the back end to be able to adjust and freelance, break off a route, get open. Right. And they didn't have that. It's funny. When Lamar Jackson had that, he was a pro bowler. Yeah. And when he didn't, he wasn't. But also, it should be pointed out that he mentioned Lamar Jackson as a guy that, well, the league knows what he does now. Yeah. Well, they're, and they're stopping it. I, 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 here's what I, real quick, and I'll let you go. I don't think the Kyler thing is a fair comparison. Deshaun has a long record of success, longer than than Kyler did. And we all know about why he missed the, the full year in Houston. Uh, and the six games last year were awful. I think we have to throw those six games out. You look back at his full body work. Now, having said that, I did talk to other people, and we've talked about it on the show, who felt like he may never get back to that level. Did That's they, a did real they concern. Did hypothesize why? No, just the fact that when you miss that much time, it's hard. It's oh. not impossible. Oh, I see. But it's hard. It's okay. just hard to get back to what you were. Doesn't mean he can't happen, but there's a lot of work for him to do in front of him. I think he'll be good. And what I think we're talking about on the show tomorrow. Mike Sando, another colleague of mine at the Athletic, his tears came out today. His quarterback tears. Don't 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 sell, don't don't give it away. We can sell it tomorrow. Don't give it away. <laughs> okay. Deshaun is in. He's he. I don't. Was that did that go over the air or just my ear? I think that was just to you. Oh, all right. So, yeah, so the pause was, don't give don't away. Give That's away. exactly what he said. Don't sell that away. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was. Can, I thought that went out over the air. Can we at least know which tier he is? How, no. How, well, we can oh. still debate it tomorrow. I mean, here's what I can tell you. We don't have to dive into whether or not it's accurate today. Here's but, what we'll say. I mean, for the sake of this discussion, so San, I think it's, it's it's worthy. So Sando talks to GMs, defensive coaches, right. He, oh, it's a wide net that he casts. This is not Mike's opinion. Sure. This is the cumulative of all the people around the league. Deshaun is no longer elite. He is not in that elite category. Which doesn't surprise me. No. At I, all. Is that fair? Can we, do you want me to say that and leave it there? Yeah, that's, that's fine. I mean, I don't think that's breaking news. When you see uh, ESPN does the same thing, NFL yeah. Network does the same thing, yeah. no one has him as elite. Mm-hmm. Look, guys, we always discuss, okay, the definition of elite. And, and, you know, you start saying, well, you know, I, I know it when I see it. Well, elite, by definition, means you're better than the pack. Yeah. So, you know, is it three guys? Is it five guys? Yeah. I tend to think that if you're in the top 10% of something, that qualifies you as elite. Yeah. Which means there's only three elite quarterbacks right. in the NFL. Right. I think, and, and so that's, 
I don't know that he was ever in that category. Before we transition, I, I'll say that you know to the to the mobile thing a- aspect of do you want him to be a complete pocket passer? Well, if you look at the best quarterbacks in the league, none of them are complete pocket passers. Patrick Mahomes is the 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 top of the food chain that improvising getting downfield. Josh Allen is their best runner. Well, Brady though, I know he's no longer in the league as of this year, but yes, that was the new way. Joe Burrow, he's a mover. If you ask me what the best with with the three best quarterbacks are, I would or four or five, I go top five. All five of those dudes are mobile. Yeah. Um. You got Mahomes. You got uh. You, you got Burrow. You got uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. You got uh, Justin Herbert. You can put. I mean, even even guys like uh, you know, there's no statues that are top top no, of the food the chain. days of Peyton Manning and so Tom Brady just standing back it, there and slinging. The is ball. it fair that you can say right now that that uh, Deshaun Watson is not an elite? Sure, if you were to say based on his last sample size and him not being out there, you got to show him what it is. I will say this though. I don't think that there's any barrier for him to get back to that point. I think it's just about the repetitions and, and how he's going to look when he, he, he links up with Kevin Stefanski. Can he get there? Sure. I'm actually glad the fact that they, the people have him at like six or seven. I would rather he be there too. I'd rather him be start off low because if he was high, then we, we would have crazy expectations. But mine is already high. <laughs> 4,700 yards. 49 touchdowns for Deshaun Watson. Earl, what do you got? Purple Kool-Aid, man. <laughs> All right, so before we move on to the next topic, we do have a super chat, and I do have an update on the subscribers. We started the show at 78 away. We are now down to 61 away. A super, uh, super chat from Michael Robovich. I hope I got your name right. A Steelers article came out with the headline that the Browns are in shambles after foolish fights. I felt that the headline was foolish. Isn't a fight at training camp almost a given anywhere? Yeah, it's not a big deal. Like, we're 45 minutes in, and we barely talked about what happened on Sunday. I had left Saturday, so I, I wasn't there Show for Show me fight, training camp with no fights. <clears throat> yeah. Like, that's almost, always that's a problem. That's a problem. If you go through an entire training <laughs> yeah, camp and yeah, there's no fights, that's and almost worse. The writers, obviously, Pittsburgh is going to love to write a negative headline about the Browns. It's clickbait. Yeah. All the Steelers fans are like, whoa, what? They clicked on it. They're like, wait, a fight? Shambles? Where is Aditi at? I need her. I need to tell her. She's back this week, uh, right? Aditi will be with us on Thursday. Okay. Uh, so, yes. everybody knows we've been, we've been doing this 32 and 32. Jay, I'm going to fill you in on us. I don't think you've been here. I haven't. So, the production crew came up with the idea to list the most 32 important players for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, in the 32 shows ahead of the first game of the season. Were these ranked in order? 32 uh, yeah, to one? 32 to 1. Wow. And it was a way for us to honor Jim Brown at the same time. So today we have a short conversation on number 28 on this list, Rodney McLeod. Rodney McLeod is a guy who's played with Jim Shorts before. Not a guy that you expect to have the biggest impact on a football field, but what does a guy like that provide to this entire team? Well, he's in the upper half, you know. I mean, which was definitely where you want to be. Um, I don't know how accurate that's going to be. I don't, I don't know. What are your expectations, Jay? Veteran uh, in the back end, help keep guys aligned. I don't know. You know, I think there's some guys in front of them, obviously, uh, in terms of the depth chart. Delpit and Thornhill are going to be playing a lot more. Sure. But just that veteran voice in the background, really, more than anything, he's, in, he's one of those guys that, to me, is more helpful Monday through Saturday, necessarily, than maybe he will be on Sunday. Yeah. There's, at one point in time, somebody behind him is going to get hurt. Delpit will get hurt. Yeah. Juan Thornhill will get hurt. 
they'll need to move some people around and, and shift some stuff up and shake it up a little bit. And I like the fact that you're a veteran. I like to put veterans in there because when you're a veteran, I expect you to not have a drop off mentally. Now you may physically not be able to get to where we were, where, where Juan Thornhill is, or maybe Grant Delpit. But when it comes to getting lined up, it comes to knowing your assignment and it comes to making the routine play. That's why I like veterans because they can make them. Now yeah. you might have a higher upside for a rookie or a younger guy because they athletically can get you somewhere. But I, you know, you got busted co coverages and third and seven. They don't play the sticks, right? That's why I like to have guys like Rodney McLeod back there. And that's why I like to have veterans in general because they know what to do. And so if somebody gets hurt, you don't have that huge drop off or big plays happening because you're not locked in and not know what you're doing. I always, uh, I always call guys like this, like assistant teachers. Yeah. You know how when you would go to class, sometimes the teacher would have a, a, a student from a college who yeah, was, had to do their, their assisted teaching, learning, whatever. And they were there and you know, you respected them. They weren't running the show, but they were there to help sort of keep everybody mm -hmm. in the middle. And I, when when the Bucks won their Super Bowl, before the season, they brought in Lomas Brown. And a lot of folks were like, Lomas Brown? Why? Why Why Lomas Brown? You know, they had Kenyatta Walker on the team that they had drafted who was young, and uh, they didn't need much help at that position, but it was really for what Jason just said. It was more for Monday through Saturday. Yep. It was how to be a professional 101. Man. Because there were some issues with some players in that group on how to be a professional. And Lomas came in and with his presence, without stepping a cleat on the grass, just him being in the locker room, he was a force. That was so crazy. You mentioned that. I was just, I did DMCing at uh, the National High School Hall of Fame ceremony last night. Lomas Brown was inducted. He, he well, I, I talked to him. Did you get to meet him? Met Lomas Brown. Talked to him for about twenty minutes. Did you? You probably never came um, up that you worked with me. Man, listen. Lomas of course, and I. Of course. Are, okay, good. Yeah, he knows. I said. I said. I got to get What you. did he say when he, you said my he name? He said, "Oh, sugar." Oh man, you know he talk. You go. I got the draw, I man. I, and I didn't even know he was the play-by-play. -play. He does with the for the, for, like, for the Lions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I told him as he's a broadcaster. A great guy. He's a great dude. Big. I told him, I got. We got to get you on the show, dog. Can we get you on anytime? The show? Yeah, we get. He's a show. lifelong yeah. friend of mine. Hey, Going Lomas, back to that day, Lomas is we, dope. We man. had some. We had some good road trips at ESPN. Yeah. And yes, to sir. your point of the Lomas Brown role with McLeod, he knows Jim Schwartz's system as well as anybody played. And, for and that's Philly. the thing, right? Like, yeah. it's almost Belichick used to do this a lot. Um, guys will bring in someone from a system that you know was either run by one of their disciples or when they changed teams. Yep. We saw Willie McGinnis came here. Yep. With uh, with Eric Mangini, I believe. Um, I think that yeah, lined up. I think up. you're right. Yeah. It's it's just one of those things where it's like, and the players kind of know, oh, he's he's coaches eyes and ears. Yeah. And yeah. that's a good thing to have. And McLeod could be very helpful for someone like Grant Delpit, I, I think. Right. In terms of responsibilities, mm -hmm. where you're supposed to be. What, you know, it's eyes, a, it's landmarks. A, it's a coach on the roster, really. Yes. Yes. And he's probably not going to see a ton of playing time. But a guy like that is a, a, just like you said. Udonis has him with the Saturday. heat. He's been there <laughs> 20 years, never plays, but yeah. he's integral to the franchise. Yeah, he's absolutely. Earl, what do you got? All right, now we're down to 43 uh, subscribers before we hit 25,000. Also want to thank everybody who's joined us on the Behind the Glass podcast. Jay, don't know if you know, the production team, four episodes in. We got our own podcast. 
pull up on us in the chat one day, man, on, on the restream. You know, come hang out and see how it is. It's doing pretty good. We, we feel like we're presenting, uh, producing some pretty good content, so we're going to keep doing that. So moving on uh, with these Browns conversations, we've got a few minutes before Mary Kay Cabot joined us, and I just wanted to ask you all. We know Anthony Walker is back on his team. Juan Thornhill is a guy who's played in three Super Bowls, a guy who, who's coming in here off a lot of success. Uh, is Juan Thornhill a guy that's going to wear a green dot for the Browns defense this year? I, I was fascinated by that question on the rundown. What you, who's going to wear it? I don't know. I don't either. And I don't think there's any way we can guess. Yeah. Because we don't know what Jim's going to do. Yeah. Like, we don't know. Is I'd he going to give preference to a guy like Awok who was here? Right. I don't know. Maybe not. Right. But, you know, I've said a couple times, the linebacker. Now, this doesn't preclude him from wearing the green dot, but the linebacker is not as integral to the defensive scheme in his system is we even have maybe some of the others. Anymore? Well, they do. Yeah, they're out there. <laughs> so, I mean, Thornhill would be a fine choice. Yeah. I think I think that'd be fine. What would him. it say, though, to all of the guys on the team that have if been newbie, here that a newbie comes in and gets it? Well, they're all new in the system. They are, but they're guys that have worn this helmet for years. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think that Thornhill brings a lot. I mean, he's won Super Bowls in Kansas City. Yeah. He brings that level of veteran uh, leadership in play. So, I, I – <laughs> like Part that. of me also thinks we make too big of a deal about the I do, dot. too. I, it's not as big a deal as we make, a, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. But because the, the reality is you're supposed to be knowing what everybody do. That's, that's the expectation. And I know if it's in college, we used to have to write not only when we, we go over our, our game plan, he'd call out a play, and we'd have to write what the whole front seven would do. Right. That's everybody. Gaps fits because you didn't need to know where everyone was at. So if you're a safety and you call in the plays, you should know what the corners, the nickels, the the boundary corner, the strong especially the doing, defensive back, especially yeah. the DB. Because last year they, were, they weren't on the wrong page. There were guys reading from different books yeah. last year, and that was, I think, one of the most disturbing things of the entire season. Was you've got guys that you know, some veterans, some guys that have been around a year or two, that had looked better. That all of a sudden, were everybody's looking around, going, "Wasn't my guy?" Where, yeah. You know, I was where I was supposed. To. That was really troubling. And, and and I don't. And here's what I don't like either. I didn't like the fact that they said it was the schemes was too complicated, so we just gonna pare it down. I said, listen, man, when you playing against some of them, the when I watched that quarterback show, right, and you watch how while you're driving, yeah, well, not, not while I was driving, I was at the comfort of my own home. <laughs> my, my mom is yelling at me now. In text. Everyone should. It's not they just should. You were watching it. You were driving it as as, as G said. On two-hand highway, <laughs> that's like, two. When you're driving to West but Virginia, no. the, the idea of a straight road is your driveway. Like nothing is straight them, in West Virginia. Them truckers been driving on two hours sleep. Amazon that told them they got to get it there today. Yeah. Said, no, now we need it today. So now, and, and here's Jay Watson quarterback. <laughs> when, when you, now my mom's yelling you, at me. But go when ahead. When you see that quarterback, when, when you see the mad scientists and how they be preparing and writing it down. And doing what they do, even the dudes like Kirk Cousins, you start to understand that you have to just be as, as sophisticated as they are. So if you a guy who don't understand the, the scheme because it's, it's difficult or it takes some nuance, you gotta put more work in. These these quarterbacks is not gonna take it easy on y'all. They're gonna thread. They, 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 how would you? Feel? Patrick Mahomes comes out here and he says we could only run three coverages against Patrick because our guys don't know what to do. Are yeah, you that, serious? That's not gonna work. That's not gonna work, man. I gotta get somebody to either 
understand the plays or is going to be able to grasp that or we got to put the more we got to put more work in guys because the quarterbacks are putting more and more hours in heck those guys out there is basically calling their own plays and they wonder why it just seems like we could never get them in a bad bad call no because they're putting the time in so I want to see these guys be able to whoever got the green dot I want to be able I want Jim Schwartz to be able to call whatever it's going to take to get a game, get a win on defense. And if that means calling 96 different plays and you got to know, you just got to know. I agree with all that. All righty, then let's move forward before we get to uh, what time is what, what time is Mary Kay top of the hour? Yeah, we got Mary Kay at noon. Okay, uh, so uh, this is a good time to uh, for you to tell us about Canton. You said you was in Canton for a while. Yeah, so uh, we're doing the show every day in Canton. Um, we've got a nice setup out there. We'll be there. In the village? Uh, are you in uh, the village? We are. Yeah. Every day. It's a beautiful backdrop. The field and the stadium is the backdrop. We'll be there uh, Monday through Friday at 5 o'clock. I imagine there's going to be a lot less activity early in the week. It's going to really pick up, and by Thursday, it's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Zach Brown band is in. In fact, we working on getting them on our five o'clock show, which would be, would be great. I'm a big fan of Zach Brown fan. Saw him last year. They're awesome. Um, it's going to be, it's, it's fascinating to me. If you haven't been out there in a while, and I know you have, mm-hmm. um, this is going to, the best way I can describe what Canton is going to be soon is a football amusement park. Yeah. It's a theme park and there's going to be a lot of things to do. Um, it's no longer going to be like, a, I always looked at it as a museum. Yeah. When I was, was a kid, my, it was I, the idea of me going to the pro football hall of fame was like, Oh, no, know, nobody in Canton like even was going to it. it was no, like, mm. no, but they're changing it up, and yeah. it's really, really going to be special. And we're going to highlight that throughout the week. A lot of pieces behind the scenes, what they're doing, what it's going to be. Um, and so I'm pretty excited about where it's going eventually. And I, I do think that it's going to end up being more like a, a week, like a week-long football festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, they're really going in the right direction with it because, as you know, being a resident for a long time, this project was always coming. It's, 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 it's in the works. It's coming. And then there was money disappearing. Was and there was people getting fired. And just. the projects were not moving forward. There was a lot of red tape. That, <laughs> it was just, uh, we was but like, now it's moving. Never have. They got the, when I came in, I couldn't, I didn't even recognize it. The fair, they got a huge Ferris wheel. Yeah. This huge indoor facility. And then when you pull up, just the, just the, the turf fields, they are pristine. Beautiful. Oh my! I was like, bro, they, you know, there's kids out there playing. It's just, it's so much. They they transform the school over there. They they got this huge museum and weight room and different things. It was so nice that the USFL was using their facilities, mm-hmm. and so I was just like, man, it, it's really nice yeah. what they do with that. If village. you get a chance this week, head out there. Um, I know I have a lot. Thursday is going to be madness out yeah. there. So if you don't have a ticket to the game and you want to go out and see it any day, Monday through Wednesday leading up to the game. And then obviously Friday is still going to be very, very busy mm-hmm. um, leading up to the, to the ceremony. Will be but, sad yeah, the induction is going to be incredible with Joe going in. There's he's going be, last. Yeah, I, that's what I heard. I don't know if that's I like, think is he's that confirmed. Going, I, I, yeah, yeah, I think he's I mean, going last. It makes last. sense that you, you save Joe for last. But then I heard like 2.30-ish. So I don't know what time the induction start. Was it 1.00? Is we, it one? I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure. Because they had them at night before. They was well, they've a, changed the time yeah, to start yeah, time yeah. before. So I, Mary Kay might know more than yeah, me she, on I'm that. Yeah, I'm sure she has it but all I think, figured out. I think 2.30-ish is what I was told. We say, well, You have gifted memberships? Yeah, before we get to Mary Kay, shout out to, let me make sure I got this right, 
Phil Bowman, who gifted five memberships uh, to the people in the chat. And we are over 1,000 viewers this morning. So you okay. can tell football is in the air. People lined up to get them some Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. When you got Jay, Jason, and G in the building, I mean, it's like having the NWA here. So <laughs> <laughs> here we are. <laughs> you know, that's how we doing it. But. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.